Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? It has arrived. Your bi-weekly dose of the solo pod from Danny Palmer. He of the Danny Palmer Show. That's me. It's stupid to talk about yourself in the third person. I I apologize. That's pretty, pretty goddamn stupid. That's because you're stupid. You can't please me in bed or your listeners. Honey, you're so mean to me. Well... You like having a sidekick in the pod, and this is all you got. True. Very fucking true. What's up, Johns? Ah, this is coming out on the first day of February. Oh, God. Is there anything worse in February? It's fine, though. You know? It's fine. It hasn't even snowed in New York in, like, almost a year, which is sick, dude. I have no problem with that. If it never snowed in New York City ever again, I would be completely content with it. In fact, I feel like it validates my decision to move here and sit here by myself and watch the Knicks play the Lakers on TV. I could easily... Get on the F train, transfer to the ACE, get off at 34th Street, go to this game, but it's wildly expensive, and instead I'll just sit here and watch it from close by. There's no need. I don't want to be around 20,000 Knicks fans. That's not really my vibe, dude. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, maybe this is corny, but me and uh, I did a show on Saturday at New York Comedy Club. Ryan DeCarlos, my buddy, my good buddy, produces it, and this lady, it was a great show, and afterwards this lady came up to he and I in the by the bar in the outside part of the club and was like hey she's like i want you guys to know that was great i had a really great time she goes i wish that i could bring my whole team here to see that show because of how things have been going at work like as though that would like be kind of this healing salve for for the week that she had or you know problems they're having in their work environment and it's like oh man that, that shit like that you know maybe i shouldn't just quit fucking 12 years in <laughs> oh boy yeah, dude. So, um, uh, I, I basically what I do is I take notes for two weeks and then I read through them right before I record the solo pod. And I'm like, what should I talk about? Is some of this interesting? Because sometimes I'll capture stuff down and I'll be like, that's hilarious. That's fascinating. And then I read it later. I'm like, I'm not going to talk about that, dude. That's fucking stupid, bro. I listen to uh, Theo Vaughn on his podcast. Dude, this is, <laughs> I can't believe he said this. This is so funny to me. He said the first time that he got an erection, he thought it was poop coming out the front. <laughs> I can't even imagine that idea. I mean, I'm sure I've had ins- completely insane ideas when I was a teenager, but like that one, man. Dude, the first time I jerked off, I, I, hopefully my coworkers don't listen to this. I thought something was wrong with me, dude. And I was like really religious. My parents are really religious. I was like, dude, I better fucking, I better repent because there's some sort of white problem coming out of me. <laughs> All right. That's very graphic. Uh, I wouldn't worry about snakes. Oh, yeah. My brother, Ben. Ben Palmer. He's a hilarious comic. He's got fucking A-level representation. He's touring around the country. He's got the Hope That Helps uh, Instagram account and on TikTok. He's blowing up. And they were talking about... uh, He just moved to Tennessee with my sister-in-law. And they have this big house. I think it's somewhere in a kind of wooded area. And they were worried about snakes, you know? So I, I texted this to the group, the family group text. I was like, I wouldn't worry about snakes. The odds of one slithering into your bedroom late at night when it's pitch black and you're sound asleep on the hunt for the warmth and pleasure of human blood are distinctly low. I mean, I, that I mean, obviously that's terrifying. <laughs> Can you imagine a snake? Like, I have a small apartment. If a snake was in this apartment, I would lose my shit, dude. It would be really embarrassing and pathetic. Like any small minor maintenance repair. Don't know how to do it. 
any insect that's in here, I'm like, oh god, he's like sweating, getting like flop sweat because if there's a bug, <laughs> I had a fly in here yesterday. And I was like, God damn it, I don't have a fucking fly swatter. And I gotta go on fucking Amazon and order a fucking fly swatter, dude. And then it was like inside the toilet and I closed the rim of the toilet and then flushed the toilet. I was like, ah, I've mastered that fly. And obviously just like scooted up through a little crevice and I don't know where it went. But I thought that was my masterful solution. <laughs> Meanwhile, flies can just easily evade that. I don't know why I'm laughing at this. It's just, I don't know. It, it's content. We're four and a half minutes in, Okay. This podcast is receiving thousands of dollars a month in ad revenue, for which I am extremely grateful. Psych. I don't know if you guys have seen the Banshees of Inna Sharon yet. It's got a guy. I always forget this guy's last name. Colin Farrell. I think it's Colin Farrell. And uh, it's filmed in the, on this island, or I guess it's filmed on two islands, actually, off the coast of Ireland. Dude, it is fucking great. Like I was like reluctant to watch it because the ads for it or the trailers for it i was like what it's just these two dudes arguing on a remote island and it seemed like one of those like trying too hard to be quirky but ultimately ended up being boring kind of movie but it wasn't it's great it's like almost borderline horror it's really funny it's really sad it's really dark and there's just some lines in it that just i'm just sitting here watching it like just cracking out for like a minute and a half like three or four times i'm like i was not expecting that at all that's the best when you watch a movie like i was kind of reluctant to watch that movie coda which stands for children of deaf adults. Cause I'm like, it just sounds like it's going to be sad and sad movies make me tense. Eh. And my friend Julia was like, no, it's great. It's actually very uplifting. I'm like, okay, okay. Maybe I'll give fucking Coda a shot. I was going to do a couple quotes from the Banshees of Inna Sharon, but you can't really do that. Cause that's a spoiler and that's not really fun. That's not really fair. You can just like quote, you can just like recite movie quotes and be like, that counts as uh, podcast content, dude. Just fucking let me read these quotes, dude. Anyways, yeah, you know, the Oscars are what in a month, and I'm like, I should try to watch, sorry for the chair noise, I should try to watch all 10 fucking Best Picture nominees, you know? And then I looked at last year's, I'm like, I've only seen like three of those. There's all these like great movies, just haven't watched them. All these great books, haven't read them. It's like, what are we doing, you know? I feel like, <laughs> part of me wishes that nobody had to work or do anything so that you could just purely consume great content. All the greatest books, movies, and music the world has to offer. Like if you listened to all of them, read all of them, watched all of them from the moment you were cognizant or capable of watching a movie and understanding it till the day you died, even if you lived to a hundred, you'd be through less than what? Like one, one tenth of all of the great content out there. I mean, I know greatest objective, but God damn it, dude. I just kind of rue that shit. You know, I kind of rue stuff like that. I'm like, fuck. It's like, it sucks. You can only live one life, but then it's like, oh, well, that's what it is to be human to just live one life. And it's like, yeah, but what if I had 10 other lives to live? What if you had gone to high school and 600 high schools around the country and then the best friends you would have made in each, you retain those to this day. You'd have such a, you have this great wide range of friends. And I'm trying to think of a counter argument to that as I'm saying it. It's like, well, obviously you can't have 600 best friends, so they would fall to the wayside, but you would have them in your life. You'd know who they are. But then the problem with having a shit ton of friends is that doesn't that kind of like exponentially compound your capacity to deal with sadness? Because if anything bad happens to your wide range of friends or any of their family or friends, friend, mem friend members, any of their family members or friends, then that is going to impact you indirectly. But that's a selfish way to look at it. I don't know what I'm saying, dude. It's just like every time I sit here and be like, ah, fuck, I wish my life was different or better in X or Y way. It's like, yeah, but do you like, be careful what you wish for, pal. 
I need to start a fucking gratitude journal. Do you guys do the gratitude journals? It seems like a nice thing to do. I'm not going to do that. I'll just think about nice stuff sometimes. <laughs> Those two tools, I think I mentioned them a couple months ago in the pod. Like when you wake up, you should, sorry, when you go to bed, you should think, like go to bed in a sea of merit was one. Sorry if you listen to that episode, whatever. Go to bed in a sea of merit. Think about the things that you've done that day that were worthwhile and valuable. And then when you wake up, just think about, oh, like what, 80,000 people die a day across the planet. You didn't die today. You woke up. You have the day to hopefully enjoy your health and be productive, have fun, and just smile when you wake up and think about that. So I'm trying to do that. I usually do the like sea of merit thing, but then in the morning when I wake up, I'm like, dude, I just got my work laptop and act like I'm working. That's my main thing. Anyways, the uh, I was talking about the movies, the top 10 Oscar movies. I want to see Drive My Car, but that was from last year. But then you got to go find these movies and then they're on like platforms and I don't know how to get Apple TV or like HBO Max anymore, even though I think I pay for both of them. I don't know how to access them anymore. <laughs> Dude, fuck. <laughs> All right. What are you just lit, uh, listing a small litany of minor problems, Danny? Is that what you expect people to listen to across the globe? I mean, it's true. People in Germany. Germany has now surpassed uh, Denver as my number two market. It goes New York, Germany, <laughs> Denver. And then I think it's like... Uh, fuck. What's that third one? Oh yeah. Somewhere in New Jersey. I'm sorry. It's a town in New Jersey that listens to my pod a lot, but I forget the name of it. <laughs> I'll say it next week in two weeks from when it's another solo up, but that's kind of interesting. Petersboro. I don't know. I don't know the towns in New Jersey, but thank you for listening. Anyway, the fucking movies, Danny, that's what you're talking about. These Oscar movies. Okay. This is a little quote from a article about a movie to Leslie that got nominated. Andrea Riseborough's performance in that role, not nominated for a Golden Globe, not nominated by the Screen Actors Guild, has recently become a cause celebre, celebre among her fellow actors. Sorry, I said that word wrong. As Chris Gardner wrote in The Hollywood Reporter last week, Jennifer Aniston, Charlize Theron, Sarah Paulson, and Edward Norton have hosted screenings, with more recent showings booked by Gwyneth Paltrow and Courtney Cox. Gwyneth Paltrow said on Instagram that Riseborough should win every award there is and all of the ones that haven't been invented yet. Holy fuck, dude. This movie made like fucking $30,000 like in the first like whatever of the box office. You know, just a small amount. doesn't matter what exact amount or how long it took to get $30,000. It's not much. So I got to watch that shit, dude. Fuck. Oh, my God. I started all all's quiet. All quiet. <laughs> Jesus, Danny, how dumb am I? All quiet on the Western Front. And uh, apparently the original won Best Picture back in like 1930. And this remake uh, is also nominated for, I think, Best Picture. And it's got, uh, it's German. Like it's a German movie, which is kind of interesting. Apparently, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm sorry if I'm breaking news to you here. But apparently the Germans fought the French in World War I. Did you know that? The Western Front was between... Germany and France. Yeah. Who knew? Not me. Should have known. Didn't. Okay, guys. I was reading this article in Psychology Today. I let my subscription lapse, and this issue is from 2020. <laughs> I remember when the pandemic hit. Not that that's funny, but like, I feel like there was this like three month pause when media and advertising had no idea what to do and just didn't do anything. <laughs> And then it was like, like psychology today is very current. Like, okay, here's the 
modern issues that people are facing. I mean, it's not like a newspaper, but they still talk about modern things. And it was like, I feel like it took them like four months to like acknowledge that there was a pandemic going on. I'm like, can you guys catch the fuck up, dude? But then I let, I let my subscription lapse. But dude, I fucking, it's like six issues a year. And then I just like read them while I pee. So it takes me like two, three months to read one issue. I'm like way behind, dude. Anyways, they have this article. It's a timeless article, you guys. Our love is timeless, babe. <laughs> oh, God. I can't even do that voice. Hold on. I'm taking. A, I'm, I'm going to take a sip of water while I'm recording. I'm not going to hit pause because it doesn't fucking matter. Okay? There. Did anybody turn the podcast off during that sip? I seriously doubt it. And if you did, fuck you, dude. <laughs> okay. This article was talking about how different languages around the world have different meanings for what emotions are. They did this like meta study on like 1400 languages and oh my God, dude, there's so many fucking languages and all the languages have their own different words and meanings. And a lot of um, languages have words that are unique to that particular language. I feel like I'm saying the word language too many times. Um, so these are some words from other countries other languages that are interesting and fun and i think they're kind of cool they call them the untranslatables because there's not an equivalent like schadenfreude would be an ex- a good example how that german word for um in having p- pleasure at the pain of others there's not an american an, i mean an Eng- american danny you idiot there's not an english translation for that okay these are hard to translate words no it says hard to translate words are gifts of insight into what it means to be human so, for example, there's an Armenian phrase called, I don't know, I'm not going to be able to pronounce these correctly. Just just fucking guess. Just like hear it in your head and just, I'll spell it if it makes sense, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time spelling these words. It's kind of whack, dude. Tesawad, God damn it. Tesavid, Tamem. Tanem? Oh, God. Tamem. Tesavid, Tamem. It's T S A V G is the first word. And then T A M E M. It's Armenian. It means, let me take away your pain. Used in various ways to position the speaker as interested in or caring about the other. Isn't that great? Bro, to Savad, to Mem. I'm going to take away your pain. That's nice. That's a nice, thoughtful thing. And then Zulu has this word, Ubuntu, being kind to others on account of one's common humanity. Now, that's a nice fucking phrase. That's a phrase we need more of here in America. Okay. Then there's this Dutch word, which I was getting this confused with this other word from Norway. But this Dutch word is genzelig, no, gazelig, G-E-Z-E-L-L-I-G, cozy, warm, intimate, and enjoyable, often a shared experience with close others, which is very similar to the Norwegian concept of, I don't know how to pronounce this, not going to look it up, hygge, H-Y-G-G-E, meaning a deep sense of place, warmth, friendship, and contentment. Um, Enjoyable, warm, friendly, pleasant. It's like if you have like four friends over and you make some like chili and you like have candles and music and you drink some wine and you tell funny stories in the past like that kind of feeling that cozy feeling it's good vibes speaking of maybe should make a good vibes about these fucking danish terms and shit like that dude is this fun i love this kind of shit chinese mandarin has this um phrase called he zen and it means black heart meaning heartless you fucking he's in yeah just say next time if you're a girl and you're on a date with your boyfriend and he's being a dick just be like I have a he's in towards you right now. And he'll be like, what? And then just throw your drink in his face. By the way, I think that's like one of the coolest things of like society that like if a girl deems that a guy is being disrespectful or rude or like deserves it, she can just throw a glass of water in his face and then walk out of the restaurant and nobody's going to be like, uh, ma'am, we're going to press charges here. <laughs> like that's just a commonly accepted thing. If you get the water thrown in your face 
everybody in the restaurant looks at you and you're it's your fault first of all we all know it's your fault if the girl has if it's gone so far as she's gonna throw a drink in your face it's your fault everybody hates you she walks out she's the victor now you gotta fucking wipe water over your face and think about your actions i kind of like it <laughs> it makes me want to be a girl so i can do that to somebody you can't throw a glass of water in a girl's face dude that is not gonna go over well with the other patrons okay Okay, I'll just read a few more of these. These are the ones that were my favorite that I thought were really nice. There's this Indonesian word, jamas, or gamas, G-E-M-A-S, gamas. A feeling of love or affection, the urge to squeeze someone because they are so cute. Yeah, like if you want to like squeeze a baby, like that's, the, that's a th- there's a term for that, dude. You just have to live in Indonesia to get the term. And then in Iceland, like this is a concept that we should be applying here in America. Uh, it's called salarfi. It's like a sun holiday. When workers are granted unexpected time off to enjoy a particularly sunny or warm day. That's fucking sick. There's an Italian term, sopravivere. The ability to handle people in situations with charm, diplomacy, and verb. That's a very important skill set. I dated this girl. I was always impressed with her ability to be graceful in social situations. You know, like she would like kind of like co-host the party for her work. the, The holiday party for her work. And she was very good at like greeting everybody make sure people feel welcome like you know moving around the room looking great like i'm like that's like a good combination i found that very attractive okay she broke up with me here we go and then we have japanese oh yeah this is kind of good one mono no aware i don't know if that's how you pronounce it in japanese but um it means the pathos of understanding the transiency of the world and its beauty. That's kind of sick. You just like look up at the stars. You're like, man, we're going to be dead. And those stars are going to keep going farther and farther away until there are no stars in the sky. But it's beautiful now. And that's what counts. Isn't that crazy? That's at one point there will be no stars in the sky because they've all gone so rapidly far away from the planet Earth. That's fucking that's believe me, dude, you and I will be long gone. <laughs> Okay, maybe one or two more. Kafume. This is a Portuguese Portuguese noun. The actor gesture of tenderly running one's fingers through a loved one's hair. Okay. That's kind of nice. I like it. The last one, even though I don't like this fucking uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. I hate like Lord of the Rings and stuff. But apparently he coined this term, eucatastrophe, which is a sudden favorable resolution of events or a happy ending. You know what, dude? I thought that was going to suck. It ended up being a fucking you catastrophe. A what? Fuck you. I read something in a magazine once. Ha <laughs> There you have it, Jones. Yeah, dude. If you're in New York, come to Black Cat every Friday, 9 o'clock. Black Cat LES, Lower East Side. My German fans, <laughs> my New Jersey fans, come by. It's sick. It's really fun. And uh, I'm on Instagram, Danny Palmer NYC. I post these good vibes videos every week. That's fun. You know? Check out those. Fucking my shows are up on my website, dannypalmercomedy.com. I, I've, I have several avenues of like putting my content out to the world, but you know, nobody seems to want to be taking me on the, like having me uh, tour theaters. <laughs> we'll get there. You'll get there, honey. Don't you give up, you 47-year-old, 12-year veteran of comedy. Thank you, honey. Thank you. All right, you chance. Thanks for listening. And um, do you like stuff? Remember when Ralph on the Simpsons tried to like walk Lisa to the bus and he couldn't think of what to say to her. He just goes, do you like stuff? <laughs> Ain't. And we're signing off now. Yeah, dude. Thanks for being chill and sick, dude. Yeah. This is the end of the podcast.